The main purpose of this afternoon is to introduce you to Abby Tierney, our new Chief Executive Officer. This is a hugely significant moment for Welsh rugby. And I also believe it's a major coup for the WRU to have attracted someone of Abby's talents here as Chief Executive to bring in what I hope will build on the strengths of the past in terms of Welsh rugby, but to usher in a new era for Welsh rugby. WRU Chairman Richard Collier Keywood introducing the new woman in charge. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Here at length from Ron Gatlin, Jack Morgan and Mason Grady looking forward to the South Africa game this Saturday. But, of course, we start with the new Chief Executive of the Welsh Rugby Union, the Director General of Customer Services at the Home Office, Abby Tierney, who joined the WIU by the end of the year, leaving the Home Office where she's also Ethics Advisor and Chair of their People Committee. Before joining the Civil Service, she was a Business Development Director at Serco, where she also held a number of operational roles including Regional Director and Chief Executive of Suffolk Community Services. It's an impressive appointment and she was unveiled to the Welsh press alongside Chair Richard Collier, Keywood and Interim CEO Nigel Walker, who will become Executive Director of Rugby. So, we can hear at length from her now. My number one priority is actually to engage with colleagues in WRU, to engage with stakeholders across the Welsh Rugby Union, to understand from their perspective what the priorities should be, where the challenges are, but just as importantly, what the opportunities are. So ask me that question and I've had a chance to do that and I'll give you an answer. My first and utmost priority is to listen and is to be out there, to be visible, to meet people where they're at and to hear about what they want and they're expecting from me. You spoke briefly about being the first female CEO of this organisation. Do you mind just expanding on how you feel about that? Yeah, I think I used the word responsibility, didn't I? So I think firstly I've been appointed to this role not because I'm female but because of my leadership skills and capabilities and, and that's really important. But I also recognise that as the first female CEO comes with responsibility people will look up to me I mean we can all see the world of women in sport opening up right in front of our eyes with the European winners of the football cup last year and then yesterday with the lionesses the ashes this summer the netball you know and, and I'm part of that and actually you know I think 10 years ago it would have been quite a lonely place sat here actually I feel like I'm part of a movement in some ways and a movement that is just going to go from strength to strength. And you know what you have all done? You've put Wales at the forefront of that by having faith in me as a female to lead the organisation. So my dream would be that, you know, a young girl watches this and believes the big dream that by seeing that I can do this, that all thinks they can do it as well. So that's what I'd love to be able to do. It's talking in the press release about your track record of shaping an organisation's culture. What do you need to do to this organisation's culture and how would you like to shape it? It won't surprise you that I did due diligence on this job. I'm leaving a job that I love, so it had to be the right move and for me and my family. And you know what? Since I've started to get to know the people and the colleagues and the stakeholders, what I see more than anything is potential. I everywhere I touch and feel it, it's almost visceral potential that people recognise mistakes have been made, 
people are disappointed in what's happened, but an absolute passion, desire and commitment to turn it around and make a difference. So my job is to harness that and give people that North Star that they can go towards. But I just see it everywhere and I wouldn't have taken the job if I hadn't seen that potential. So. You know, I, I know mistakes have been made, but when I'm talking to people, the commitment and passion that everybody has. Somebody used the word with us today when we met with the Welsh Rugby Council. Unity. I've got that chance. That's what people are wanting. People are wanting unity, and I think there's a real chance to do it. So to actually come in at that moment in time, and I came into the Home Office on the back of the Windrush scandal and the report there, and it was all opportunity in being able to put the changes we made, and I see the same opportunity here. But I also, I want to genuinely stay curious about this, because I'm hearing lots of different things inside, and positive things. And we've got the task force report coming out shortly, and that will be an independent review that has been done rigorously and robustly. And we have said very openly we will be accepting all the recommendations of that. So I'm kind of holding my thoughts just a little until we get that report. And then my thoughts on kind of what we therefore need to do on the back of it, I absolutely have to give. But I'm waiting for that report to really understand where we go next. The press release talked about your vision for rugby eclipsing that of the other candidates. I appreciate you'll listen for the, the early period, but could you give us a, a snapshot of, or a bit more than a snapshot of that vision? So I, I think actually one of the members of the Welsh Rugby Council this morning stole the words out of my head, which is unity. At the moment, what I feel, and in all the conversation I've had, <coughs> is a sense that there isn't that North Star piece and that there are fractures, whether that's between the national... Welsh Rugby Union with the regions and then with the regions and the community game between the women's and what's happening there or the men's and what's happening there to actually to create a unified vision but to co-create that with stakeholders and with everybody that's got a stake in it and the communities in Wales is what I want to do and it's to bring that unity back together. I don't know when you work in an organisation that feels united and going in the same direction it's a fantastic place to be and out of that I think comes high performance and delivery so that's what I want to do but if I came in with my vision and did it top down and told people this is my vision and this is what I expect you to do the best I get is compliance actually I want to win hearts and minds and the way you do that is it's everybody's vision so that would be my first priority is to create that together. And can I just ask about how it works with you and Nigel because there's obviously not been an executive director of rugby I don't think that title before in terms of that relationship with the regions, is that Nigel's job or, or your job? If Warren Gatlin left after the World Cup, where do all those things sit? So actually, I should have said this at the start. I just want to say a massive thank you to Nigel. He has been throughout this process so generous and open and supportive with his thoughts, his ideas. He's been at the end of the phone when I've needed him. Right from day one, we got on with each other. And we got on with each other because I think we see that we won't step on each other's toes because we're quite different in terms of both our skill sets and our background and our experience. So I think we'll make a good team together. Nigel is responsible for rugby, but reports into me, I'm not going to ignore that. That's what we do. That's our purpose. So I will be closely involved with Nigel on that side of it. In terms of the regions, we'll both be, I mean, there there are both business and operational challenges there, as well as how do you actually make sure that we keep the players, etc. challenges, and we'll be working on those together. We've got more talking to do exactly how we'll work together, but I'm confident that we'll find a way through it, and I'm really looking forward to working with them.
Will yours be a down approach or a bottom up? Because you talk about the culture of Welsh rugby and the real strengths of all the clubs. And that seems to have been ignored a little bit recently. We all know where these players come from and we all know where the regions need to get the players from. But then they just seem to be hanging in the wind a bit more. It's a really good question. I would say it's going to need to be a bit of both, given the challenges that we face, not just us, but most rugby unions across the world at the moment are facing some of the same complex problems. And I think it will need some top-down leadership. But I think, and it goes back to how I would love to work with stakeholders right from the bottom up in terms of creating a vision. I think it has to come bottom up in order to tackle the problems and get that sense of unity. Because the power of the whole yeah, so much better. And I can't do this job by myself, and I certainly can't do this job sat in this building, so... Because there was an interesting moment uh, on one of the road shows when Nigel was uh, going around and someone said, well, it's great that you turn over 97 million, but why aren't you turning over 120? Because yeah. that's what we need. Yes. And it's not looking at the, the figure being success, it's how you're going to grow the business. Yeah, and, and how we do that again in a unified way and in a way that everybody can buy into so yeah, that's a really good example. Richard did you feel on a bound perhaps to meet the pledge that the Iron made to have either a female as a chief executive and them and the point would be if your first appointment as chairman had not been a woman how difficult would that have been? Yeah so I mean I think I want to be really clear that we did not appoint Abby because of her gender she was the outstanding candidate of all the people that we interviewed and we would have appointed the best candidate in our view had been male we would have appointed a man i think i've heard different versions of what the commitment was it's certainly to get a minimum of five women on our board it i think is very helpful that the two senior positions have a gender balance to them but no i'm i'm absolutely clear that abby was the outstanding candidate and that's why we've appointed her do you have confidence you can grow Welsh rugby's revenues because that's vital and I know it's early days yeah. but what are some of the ideas about how the game can do that? So I think if I didn't have that confidence I would have chosen not to put the hat in the ring for the job because I think I would have been on a risking failure but going, growing revenues is absolutely important. So a couple of the big areas that I really want to focus on, I think women's rugby, I've already mentioned that, we can see that's a growth in lots of places and it's a growing population who are really interested in that so I think looking at how we can grow that more. I think data, big data, wearable data, all of the things that people are now kind of engaging in and willing to purchase because they want that information and that data and that whole customer end-to-end -end experience thing how do you transform it from buying a ticket you know six times a year to actually wanting to engage in rugby content much more regularly and looking at that a big bit of my current role has been about how we do that and how we generate revenue through that way so they're two of the areas that I'm interested in I think we also when we and we spent quite a bit of time looking at the accounts didn't yeah, we? we did and I think there's lots of kind of organic growth we can do so we can do what we already do better more efficiently, more often, so as well as doing some things quite differently, I think there's how, how do you make what we already do more profitable. Can I add one thing to that? I think the other thing that's really important is that, I mean, it's great that the Principality Stadium is filled for the men's elite matches. I think our goal is to get the club matches filled and to develop a wider fan base. It's to get the Principality Stadium, you know, having a a huge number of fans in it to watch the elite women's game. 
So I think broadening the fan base is really, really important and not just, as I say, in the elite game, but it's important to make that strength come through the four regional clubs and also through the community clubs as well. So a key part of the focus is going to be working at that very important level across Welsh rugby, not just at the very elite end. We've got huge numbers of of assets here. The stadium's a fantastic asset, but really our main asset is our fan base and the people of Wales supporting Welsh rugby. Would you like to see the women's team play at the stadium? You know, we've seen the Red Roses play at Twickenham. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. WRU Chair Richard Collier-Keywood finishing off there. Clearly interesting times ahead. But on to the rugby, and it's a massive game for Wales against defending champion South Africa this Saturday. Plenty of changes from the team which lost so narrowly in Twickenham, then to late withdrawals of Liam Williams and Dan Bigger, replaced by Sam Costello and Kai Evans. That was the obvious place to start, with Captain Jack Morgan and first coach Warren Gatland. Both of them, if we push them hard, could play on Sunday, but the decision was made there's no point in us taking a risk at the stage. I see it as a positive really, it's kind of dealing with things that are going to be thrown at you, we've had to deal with that in the past and make late changes, you pick up injuries in the World Cup and it's using the uh, a little bit of adversity as a, as a positive in how you deal with that. Another chance to see Sam Costello starting, I mean that's a big yeah. big challenge for him. Yeah absolutely and um, excited for him, he's been fantastic in the squad so far and the way that he's trained and prepared and, and led. He's been vocal and stuff, so we've been really pleased with him. We've just all come from the new Chief Executive press conference. All seemed very impressive, given that you said you weren't aware of some of the things going on in the union. Are you just pleased to see that things seem to be returning to an even keel? Yeah, I just want to wish um, Abby all the best in a new role. It's, you know, it's not going to be for a while now until she actually starts. I haven't spoken to her face-to-face. I've had a, a Zoom call uh, with her when we were in Switzerland, which uh, unfortunately the reception wasn't the, the best, but I uh, just want to wish her all the best. What are you looking for from the, the team against South Africa this weekend? Probably for us, is uh, what I've been really pleased with is the physicality that we've brought into the, the first couple of games. You know, we were disappointed with the way we managed probably the last 10 minutes and uh, shot ourselves in the foot in terms of not being accurate enough in that last 10 minutes, so that's something we've spoken about and focus just to, just so that we're we're clear we get clear information and communication with the with the group and like sometimes when you lose and things don't go you know the best possible way it's the best learning for a team to have and so we've been through that and we've spoken quite a lot about it this week an awful lot of changes again but I guess you've gone back a bit towards the the first team you put out yeah there was always going to be some you know some some changes and we felt that We've been so impressed with this group of players in terms of everyone, the effort that everyone's put in and, and, and then as it turned out there was an opportunity for us to give everyone a chance to, to put their hand up. There's a couple of players that haven't been a lot involved a lot, um, you know, they'll have to have pretty good games on the weekend. Uh, from a coaching point of view, the time that we've had together we've increase the depth and uh, within the squad and the and the competition within the squad so that that's a real positive and there's a small part of of this group um, why players are getting an opportunity is yeah the short-term goal is doing well and preparing well for the World Cup and 
potentially covering ourselves if we do pick up injuries and you know we're seeing not just with us but a number of teams are picking up one or two injuries and that so you've got to have players that have been with you for that period, have had some game time hopefully and have been training with the squad but there's also a little bit of uh, forward thinking in terms of post World Cup and players that won't be available and starting to think about the next cycle. Jack sitting next to you again, we're all thinking that means he's going to be the World Cup captain, are we right? I said probably we'd have three different captains, I didn't say definitely so <laughs> look he's, he did a great job in the, in the first game and gets another chance to lead the team out on Saturday and we named the team early, early on Monday. We had to wait for for Tain's HIA uh, assessment, and he, he passed that, so we were able to put him on the bench. and And Jack gets a you know another start at seven and a chance to lead the team again. Jack, looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward. Yeah, it'll be a be a tough game down the week, weekend, but no, looking looking forward. Uh. Now, how much is the squad able just to concentrate on on this game, knowing that there's the World Cup squad announcement on Monday? Uh, not looking too far forward into Monday because we know we've got we've got Saturday uh, uh, coming up and and that's that's our main focus because just want want to go out and, and put a performance. If you think too too far ahead, then that might end the performance on, on, the, on the weekend. So yeah, we we got Saturday go through first. When we were talking, he was pleased about the physicality. Is this the ultimate test of that physicality? Yeah, definitely. You know they you know they're, they're a physical team, but I think we can take a lot of confidence over the over the last two games uh, to go into it. And yeah, it'll, it'll be a real, real test. And they've gone really strong, especially up front. Is that what you wanted? Yeah, definitely. You know, we know that the, the outfit that they can put out. You know, whatever team they put out, this it's going to be tough. And I know they're, they're big ball carriers and, and they're strong. So yeah, it'll be it'll be good on the weekend. And one final one to you, Warren. The announcement on Monday. How? Close to your 33 names, do you reckon you are? Um, I think we're getting a little bit closer, but you know, like I said, there's, there's an opportunity for players on Saturday again, and we'll come back as a, as a coaching group on Saturday here after the game and, and finalise the squad and talk to the conditions and the medics. And, you know, is, is there any medical updates that we need to be aware of? And players who, are, some players are carrying injuries. Uh, we, we're confident that those players who are carrying injuries are going to be available for that first game against Fiji so we just need to get that balance right in terms of doing that and then um, and then naming the squad on Monday. If you look at the draw obviously you've got to go fully loaded for the first game you're looking at the Portugal game and uh, with a six-day turnaround there'll be enough, you know, changes then you've got eight days to Australia where you'll be a strong side again and then a 13-day turnaround where hopefully everyone gets an opportunity to, to recover from any bangs and bruises um, before you play Georgia so I think there's less pressure in this tournament than there has been in the past when you've had four day turnarounds and stuff when uh, that's had quite a significant impact on, on the squad so that's a discussion we'll have in terms of risk in terms of how many we can carry. So clearly a busy weekend ahead for the Wales coaches. It's also a big opportunity for Mason Grady at 13 on Saturday his first start of the summer series matches after coming on as a back row sub in the first game against England. I had an opportunity, I think a lot of centres went well. I know Joe went pretty well against England, regardless of the scoreline. I think he had a very good game, so it'd be a good challenge for me to show what I can do and why I should be picked for the World Cup. What have the last few weeks been like? You've had a bit of a hybrid back row and centre game, but on the whole you've just been watching other people and you were the starting 13, of course. Yeah, the England game is pretty, pretty nuts. First time playing in the scrum and uh, playing the pack, uh, kind of enjoyed it. Done what I wanted really because I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah, it's been 
quite enjoyable. Obviously, after the, after the loss against England, it was, it was pretty doom and gloom, but we looked over the game and uh, talked about what, what we could do better and stuff. So, yeah, we're in a good place at the moment. What's the process like when you know the squad selection is on the Monday? How, how do you approach the game? Are you 100% focused on the game or a bit of your mind just drifts a little bit every now and then? Yeah, I'm just focusing on the game, to be honest. They're a very good side, so I think if you lay your mind drift towards selection on Monday, then you're probably not going to have a good game. So just stay focused on the on the game Saturday. What's it like for a young player to get the chance to face up to the defending World Cup champions in a game like this? Uh, yeah, it's pretty surreal, to be honest. They're a very good team, so it'd be a good challenge for me if, to show what I can do, and there's no better place to do it than against the defending world champions. So. When you're on 13 and you're trying to make an impression, how easy is it? Because you're relying on the ball coming out to you, you've got opportunities to go and search. It's a balancing act, isn't it? Yeah, I try and get my hands on the ball <coughs> as much as possible, so I kind of go looking for the ball a bit, so just that's my game, ball carrying and getting on the ball and stuff. Of course, last year you were in the under-20s. It's all happened pretty quickly for you. Uh, yeah, it's very surreal to think I was playing under-20s rugby last year and now I'm in the training for the World Cup. It's pretty nuts, but I just take it all in my stride and just take every game by itself and yeah, just look forward to what's ahead. What's been the biggest difference about now being in the senior squad? Uh, for me, probably defence was a, was a big work on. Um, so I've tried to learn a lot off, like at Cardiff, I've got Ray Lilo here, I've got, you know, George, Nick and uh, and that, and yeah, I just try and pick their minds and what they think I should do in defence and stuff, and just little work-ons with, with Forsh and yeah, just keep them on top of that. I think in the Six Nations I was probably a bit, a bit nervous coming in, trying not to make any mistakes and stuff, but I'm a lot more confident now. I think I'm, I can properly impose my game. Now back in 2015, Corey, your brother, got a hat-trick against Uruguay. Have you a bit of family catching up to do? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's averaging three tries a game in the World Cup. I think that's the best yeah. best of anything in the world. Uh, yeah, a lot of catching up to do there. He's, he's done pretty well. He only played in the Uruguay game and then done his hamstring, so, so I've only watched him for about 55 minutes. Didn't play in any of the warm-up games. So we were like, ah, oh, unlucky maybe next World Cup. And then he, he got selected and scored a hat-trick. So he does give me good advice. And uh, now he's retired, probably a lot more advice after games. He'll just ring me and, uh, and tell me what I can do better, what I've done well. And uh, yeah, it's good to have, definitely. Nice touch to finish off there. So fascinating game this weekend. And of course, the World Cup squad will be named on Monday. Plenty of coverage of that next week in the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then... Goodbye.